Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q. And the great John McClain joins us now on the phone lines. And John, we appreciate you this afternoon as always. Before we get into the NFL, what'd you think of uh, Kim Mulkey and LSU winning the national championship two years after she arrives in Baton Rouge? She took over a losing program last season, and I thought, okay, she'll turn them around three or four years. She'll compete for the national championship because she's a great coach and a great recruiter. And to win the national championship in her second season, to me, is just astounding, even though I watched her win three at Baylor. You watched her as well. Mm-hmm. And I was really happy for her. It's a, such a bummer since she left Baylor. That program now is nothing compared to what it used to be, which was always in contention for a national championship. And I think that the controversy between Angel Reese and um, and Caitlin Clark is the best thing that ever happened to women's college basketball because people have been talking about it uh, since it, since the game was played. Ordinarily, that game is played to not very much fanfare. And then nobody's talking about it the next day. It's on the baseball, basketball, and hockey playoffs, NFL draft, and now they're still talking about the women and the fact that they have so they have years left at LSU and Iowa. It's just going to make it even better next season. Yeah, I agree 100%. I thought uh, Angel Reese is a great player, and Caitlin Clark is fantastic as well. So that little rivalry that they have going on is pretty cool. How about, I mean, you're in Houston. The Final Four was just there. We saw UConn win their fifth national championship. What kind of buzz was around the city of Houston for the, for the Final Four? Well, not nearly what it would have been if, say, University of Houston had not been upset or if University of Texas had continued on and made it here. You know, they sold all the tickets ahead of time, but I guarantee you the crowds weren't anywhere near what they could have been. You could have got in yesterday in the upper reaches for $30. And it's weird because UConn is the best basketball program in the country. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the women. Right. It's rural under Gino Ariyama. They've won five national championships and, and Duke and North Carolina have won three, Kansas two, and yet people don't act like, you know, they're subpoenas with UConn like they do those other blue bloods. But I think we'd be ignorant to say UConn is not a blue blood now, and to say anything but the best program in college basketball is asinine. Tell you what, five and zero oh in the in the finals. That that tells you all you need to know about the UConn program. The men they well, find ways to get you it know done. What? different coaches, different conferences. Mm-hmm. They should never have left the Big East when they did. It's a it's a basketball conference. They should have forgotten about football and stayed there, and maybe they'd be getting more recognition outside the basketball world. I think people that know anything about college basketball know how great they are, but, you know, when you have Kansas and UCLA and Duke and North Carolina and Kentucky – and those schools, they, you know, they've got a pizzazz to them. They create a buzz. And now hopefully UConn will because they're clearly 
the best program. There's no doubt about that. Again, John McClain, GalleriesSports.com, and Sports Radio 610 is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Want to get into the NFL. We had a guest on earlier that was talking Cardinals, but he only talked about the number three overall pick in the upcoming draft. There's some controversy and some conversation going on about the Cardinals right now, and their former exec, uh, Terry McDonough, he filed an arbitration against the owner, Michael Bidwell, and there's all kind of things going on, all kind of allegations, cheating, burner phones, all kind of stuff. John, what do you make of the latest and the greatest with the Cardinals? What kind of ramifications do you think that this could have on the on the organization? Oh, I don't think it's going to mean squat to the organization. You know, they're trying to draft. They've got the third pick. They lost both defensive ends. They need another one. Will Anderson, juniors, a can't-miss edge rusher, great character, great charisma, team leader from Alabama. They need to not get cute, taken unless they can guarantee swapping spots with the Colts would allow them to get Will Anderson with a fourth pick while the Colts get a third quarterback. And uh, and Michael Bidwell has admitted to using burner phones, and they the response said when he found out about it, he got rid of them. But we'll see how it plays out. It's an arbitration. You'd think sometime with all the money they'd make, they'd rather just pay people off than suffer such bad press. I agree. John McClain is our guest, gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610. And, John, we found out today that the Raiders, they they brought in Brian Hoyer. He's going to be a backup quarterback to Jimmy G. Also found out that Damian, Danny Amendola, who played with the Patriots as a wide receiver, also played with the Texans as a wide receiver, is going to be an assistant on the coaching staff. And a lot of Raider Nation's mad because there's so many Patriots coming out west. And I kind of think that, hey, that's something that every coaching staff does. They bring in their guys that they're very familiar with. It just happens to be Patriots. Is this something new? to organizations where you hire guys that you're very familiar with? Absolutely not. It happens all the time. We're sick and tired of the Patriot way here. <laughs> Started with uh, Nick Casario, Bill O'Brien, Jack Easterby, and people are sick of it because usually the Patriot way means paranoia. You know, you hate the media. The media is a necessary evil. And I tell them here, we're not the New England media. We're not the New York media. Everybody's different. But, in fact, Nick Casario one time, uh, he asked me what I thought the Patriot way. I said, I'll tell you one word, paranoia. <laughs> and uh, so as someone who covered Brian Hoyer, I think Hoyer, if he wants to be a coach, he will be a coach. Now, he, and he's, he was with the Patriots two or three different times. Mm-hmm. And he came here under Bill O'Brien, started, got benched went back to New England. He's a really good guy. He's very smart. He knows Josh McDaniels. He knows the system. Of course, he's not going to teach it to the starter because the starter already knows it. Now, you know, what if they surprised everybody and took a young quarterback uh, in the first round, traded back into the first round, maybe tried to get Hendon Hooker. They had two guys familiar with the system. But as backup quarterbacks go, why not Brian Oyer? Bill Belichick, the greatest coach in history, thought enough of him to, I think, have him three times in New England. And if it's good enough for Bill Belichick, it ought to be good enough for the Patriots for Raider Nation. Right. I agree 100%. How about Danny Amendola? I mean, you probably got to know him a little bit when he was a wide receiver there in Houston. Now he's assisting on the returners. He's a returner coach uh, assistant there on the staff. Well, how, do, how much do you think he could bring to kind of the return game for the Raiders? Danny's from Houston. People have great respect for him, the way his career ended up and how hard he had to work and the odds he had to fight against. You know, he was offered a job to come back 
to the Texans, I think, he might have been 36 years old, and he said, no, he was ready to take that next step, and that next step is coaching. I think that's if, – if Amendola has the knowledge, he has the experience, he's got the hardware, and he's been a returner, he's been a receiver, I think he can help that, that offense and special teams in different ways, and they should be very happy to get him. Again, we're talking with John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610 in Houston here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And uh, the reports came out today as well that the Patriots have been shopping Mac Jones, and, of course, the Raiders were on the list, the Texans were on the list. Does Houston have any interest in Mac Jones? About as much as the Raiders do. Give me a break. (laughs) One thing I've learned, this is 47 drafts that I've covered. I don't believe anything Mm -hmm. that comes out right now. Because everything, if you analyze it, you say, okay, who's put it out? Is it the team? Is it the agent? Is it the player? Who is leaking this to the media? And number one, we don't know if that's true. Mike Florio's written that. Mike's got really good sources, but every time something happens in New England, they say the Texans are a possibility because Casario was there for 20 years. Anytime something happens in New England, they're going to say that the pay, that the Raiders are a possibility because of McDaniels and Ziegler and anybody else that's out there with the, with a background with the Patriots. Uh, Robert Kraft really likes Mac Jones. Bill Belichick did a terrible job last year having him be coached by a former defensive coordinator and special teams coach, coaches, and that's why they brought in Bill O'Brien from Alabama because Bill has coached quarterbacks and been an offensive coordinator for a long time. And he'll be the best thing that's happened to Mac Jones. He's not going anywhere. If he did go somewhere, who's going to be that quarterback? Well, Brian Hoyer's off the, off the market. He right. can't do it. It's like Baltimore. Okay, say Baltimore uh, doesn't match an offer sheet for Lamar Jackson. Well, who are they going to have a quarterback? Are they going to dream a quarterback? Are they going to try to trade up to get a rookie? There's no guarantee they could do that. They're too far down. Unless they get for Lamar Jackson the high number one picks, like if it was Indianapolis, then they could draft one. Well, what if they like the first two and they're gone? There's too many ifs. But just keep in mind, everything we see, read, and hear at this point is just take it with a grain of salt. There's no doubt about it. It's draft season. It's lion season. So, John, for the Texans, we know that they need a quarterback. Is it Bryce Young or is it C.J. Stroud or other? Well, it'll be the one that's left after the Panthers make their pick. Fans and media here want Bryce Young. And here's another thing, Q. People ask me who the Texans want. I don't have a clue. They haven't told me who they want. (laughs) Panthers, nobody's got a clue who they want. We're trying to look at his history Mm -hmm. with uh, Carolina, no matter how much Frank Reich says size doesn't matter. We've talked about this before. Every regular starter he's had has been 6'4 or more. So is there a philosophy there? Of course there is. Now, there's not a lot of quarterbacks who are short, but – you look at the 49ers, they had no problem with Jimmy G, who's 6'2". They had no problem with Brock Purdy, who's almost 6'1". They have an offense that, yes, they throw from the pocket, but they throw and move a lot. They don't have to have a big, tall guy. Trey Lance is not a big, tall guy. But uh, some offenses like that, and that's why I think I'm having 
uh, the Panthers take C.J. Stroud now in all my drafts. I'm having the Texans take Bryce Young. All right, final question for you, John, has to do with Anthony Richardson. He put on a show at his pro day last Thursday. We know how big, tall, athletic he is. We saw him at the Combine put on a show. Are you falling uh, falling for the hype of Anthony Richardson, or is there still question marks about the guy? If you watch his tape, there's a lot of question marks about the guy, but if you're impressed with people in shorts and T-shirts, <laughs> go for it. You know, that's like taking you down to a batting cage and putting it on the slowest pitches and watching you hit and thinking, wow, this kid is a slugger, and then put you out there in a softball game and go, man, we should have put him back in a batting cage on that <laughs> slow pitch. I was good at this softball, John. I hit a bunch of home runs for you. <laughs> yeah, you did. I had to admit, anybody <laughs> wants somebody on their softball team who can hit it a mile, call Q. Boom. There it is right there. When you get an endorsement like that from the general, you're doing something right. Well, John, we definitely appreciate you. What you got coming out? Gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610, we should be on the lookout for. I'm writing a column right now about what we just talked about. Texans have the 12th pick. Nobody's talking about it. They're talking about the second pick, and I'm thinking 12 is a pretty good one. Going to have my fourth mock draft out this week. I appreciate you having me on every week. Did and Demond, who of course is, has been too big to invite me to come on his podcast or talk show, he does. Yeah, he's got the talk show. He's got the talk show on our sister he's station. He's got a talk show. Yep. He didn't come. He didn't answer today because I think he's afraid to face me since he hadn't invited me on his show. Someday I hope you'll convince him to let me come on with it. <laughs> I'll definitely. I'll, I'll keep. I'll, I'll, I'll pass the word. <laughs> Tell him I'll charge you, charge him the same thing I charge you. There it is. Perfect. Appreciate you, John. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Q. All right, there he goes. John McClain right there, gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610 in Houston does a fantastic job. And, yeah, we got to get the word to DeMond. He's got to get John McClain on the show. You get John McClain on the show, you're getting a Hall of Famer on the show. You got to reach out from John McClain. You don't text John McClain back. If John McClain was texting me, I'd be like, I'll start a damn talk show. You know what what, whatever it takes. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's a pretty good idea, Lindsay. We might have to get you a show. Yeah, we, you're running some miles with John back <laughs> in the day, weren't you? Hey, man, look. we He invited me out one time. It was funny. Back in Waco, he invited me out because he was a Baylor alum. So he had an annual softball game that he always played in. Sure. Uh, and, it, and he ended up becoming the manager. He transitioned from playing to being the manager. So one year he said, hey, uh, Q, I need you to come out and uh, be on the team. And so when John McClain asked you to do something, you, you show up early. Right. So <laughs> yeah. so then he invited us out on that Friday night for pizza first. So I was like, yeah, OK, cool. So I went out there and he said, all right, well, uh, come out tomorrow morning, you know, for the, the softball game. I was like, all right, cool. No doubt. So I'm getting ready and, and you know, I'm, I'm all fired up and everything. We go out there and Lindsay, I've never hit a home run in my life. Right. I'm, I'm not even in T-ball. No, 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 no. I never hit home runs. When I played baseball, I would hit the ball on the ground and I'd just run really fast. I was very, I was, I thought I was Ricky Henderson. Hell so yeah. I was, I was really fast. So even when I hit the ball far, I'd stop at first just so I could steal second and third. Sure. Like I was greedy like that. <laughs> so anyway, I never hit a home run. So I don't know how it happened, but my first at bat in softball in, in that game that he had, I hit a home run, and so I oh pimped it. God. I pimped it. I mean, I, I ran oh, around I the bases as slow as possible. I'm popping my collar. I'm having guys, like, throwing their gloves at me. and I mean, I was good. So I literally hit about four or five more home runs that day, and then we played again the next year. And so then I'm aiming for the fences at all. So I'm leading off, yeah. and I'm like, I could do this. So I hit about, you know, four or five more home runs, and I'm just bragging this and that. And then the next year we were supposed to play, and it rained. 
And so I was so angry. And that was the last game I ever played those two. And I, that was I'm it. actually happy that it rained out that last one because I wish you would have had that experience. But you want to walk off a winner. If you're uh, just hitting dingers I for two almost, straight years. Let me tell you, they play it every 4th of July weekend. I almost flew back to Waco last oh year to, to play. I almost did. but No way you're I giving didn't. up that airtime. No, Not no. Not these days. I know. I know. I can't. But And then the funny thing before that, the year before, I didn't I couldn't play in it because I was just moving here. Sure. And it was Fourth of July weekend when I moved. I literally got in Las Vegas uh. on Fourth of July and that's when they played the game. I drove from Texas here. So I couldn't play that year either. So I've missed like all these different years. So maybe in July, maybe that maybe weekend. Maybe this is the year. Maybe I, what I should do is Friday. As soon as I get off the year, uh-huh. get on a bird, go uh, to Texas, play in the game on Saturday, and fly back on Sunday. How about that? I, I think that's a great idea. I think I'm we should saying. get custom T-shirts. I think this is a great opportunity for oh, you to have, mend some team, fences team with Nike. With Nike, a... I think this is a great way yeah, to, to elevate our relationship. Na- Nike owes me some. Yeah, Raider Rock. I mean, give yeah. us a call. I'm just just, there, there's so many opportunities that are just I'm a sitting right before us. Look, I'm a slugger. Yeah, and I was stealing bases before they became big bases. Yeah, like they weren't. John McClain gave you a call. He said, "I'm here." I'm hit dingers and that's exactly what you did i'm like big al damn remember big al my name is big al and i hit dingers remember yeah. that guy from the little league world series brilliant that's who i am i'm big q and i hit dingers just saying 319 is the time coming back get your calls in texas radio Nation radio 920 it's unnecessary roughness with your boy q on raider nation radio 324 is the time coming up at 330 mike debate host of locked on patriots he'll join us to talk about Dami- danny amendola being on the coaching staff with the Silver and Black. Also, the addition of Brian Hoyer as a backup quarterback to Jimmy G. I did throw the question out there. Do you want the Raiders to trade up to the number three spot with the Cardinals or stay right where they're at and let a really good player fall to them at seven? If they trade up to number three, obviously that'd be for a quarterback. I don't see them trading up for any other player, any other position in the draft. Obviously, that'd be a quarterback. And I'm thinking they're looking at Anthony Richardson, who is a guy that they'll be talking to and visiting with at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center on Friday, according to reports. So that's a question that I threw out there to you. 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text sign, 69187, keyword R&R. Lindsey Brown in for DeMond as he is vacationing. And the funny thing is... And blowing off John McClain. <laughs> and, and blowing off John McClain. But the funny thing is, our next caller that we're about to bring into the show, it must be something about him. Because when DeMond answers the phone for him, and DeMond passes his name on to me, he gives me the wrong name. When he calls and talks to you, you hang up on him. So I don't know what's going on. Uh, there must be something in the atmosphere, there's right? There's something in the atmosphere. You guys are doing my guy wrong. I don't know what it is, but Cam, <laughs> whoa, Cam, welcome to the show, my man. Hi, <laughs> kid. Hang out, my girl. What? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it must be something to do with Australia, mate. Down under. I'm a little bit behind. That's right. That's right. Don't work, don't work properly. Um, why I was ringing Q is John McLean makes a lot of sense. I was actually going to ring before he came on and say, let's go for Anthony Richardson. But now I've changed my mind again. I've been listening to you. I've been listening to everyone. I think we stay at seven and we have to go defence. You know what I mean? We've just got to get some defensive players. We've just got to do something there. You know what? And I'm pretty, I'm not the greatest fan of Hoyer. But I understand where he's where they're coming from, so hopefully Jimmy can stay fit, and we don't need him. That's my opinion. I love it. I love it. Great stuff, Cam. Thanks for the call, man. Do appreciate you chiming in on the show today. And yeah, that's the thing about it, man. Brian Hoyer is pretty much 
Uh, as John McClain pointed out, he could be a guy that could be a coach at some point if he wants to. So ideally, in an ideal world, you have Jimmy G and you have Brian Hoyer. Neither guy is going to play that role where, hey, I can't mentor the next guy. I'm too good for that because they know where they are at this stage of their career, mm-hmm. especially Brian Hoyer. So you don't even have to worry about Jimmy G taking his time to try to mentor someone. That could be something that Brian Hoyer does. Absolutely. And I, I think we really undervalue that simplification at that position. And I, I, I really think that's what's really uh, set Derek Carr up for a lot of failure last year because you're expecting him to learn so much to get the cadence down to it to succeed in a system that has been built up over years and years and years and so in a way there's there's an adage of of showing restraint in this draft right. and not chasing the shiny objects like we've talked about with Anthony Richardson and going with what this team truly needs which is a, a bona fide foundation that's built from a defense up. So you make a lot of sense there. And, and, and it's funny, you sound like the wife when she says, just go get a Tahoe. And I was like, no, I got to get a Cadillac. She's like, that's right. the same thing. They're just different stickers, <laughs> different metal stickers. And I said, curse you, wife. Don't ever say that. <laughs> <laughs> they are not the same. These are not created equal. I like it. I like it. Good stuff. Vegas Pete, hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Stay pat at 7 and draft a stud defensive player. We have three QBs, and Q, do something about this weather. It's April, and it feels like February outside. LOL. You ain't lying, Vegas Pete. Thank you so much for that. The weather, man, it was nice yesterday. It was nice on Sunday. Well, it wasn't really nice yesterday. It was nice on Sunday. Yesterday was a little bit of a eh. Today it's really a uh. And then later on this week it's supposed to be super hot. So I can't figure it out, man. I don't know what's going on. It's, it's like the spring change. Apparently. Erratic at best. Look, don't let it end up becoming like West Coast where it's all snowy and all this other stuff. And you know what I mean? Like I can wh- deal with snow. I hate yeah, the cold you're rain. Minnesota. You're it's good. the cold rain that you can't do. It's the it's the New England springs and falls that'll get you. It gets you right down to the bone marrow. You don't want to be in that space. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No. Not at all. Uh, also got a text that says, Q, really like Lindsay on your show. She's a keeper and knows her stuff. Oh, don't thank you. Don't tell her that and pump her up. Because then my ego. She's gonna she's gonna hang up on people like she hung up on Cam. Cam's my favorite Australian. Whoa, Cam. You got Cam in Australia, you got I'm a huge Raider fan of his. Rock and Soul Korea. I I'm mean, an international woman. What did I tell you yesterday? International woman uh, that. is Lindsey Brown, and this is unnecessary roughness. We got my guy, Mike DeBate, locked on Patriots coming up next. It's Trader Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. 69187, keyword r and That's the text sign. The question that I threw out there today, do you want the Raiders to try to trade up to number three with the Cardinals or stay right, stay right where they are and let a really good player fall to them at number seven, which they will have the opportunity to have a really good player fall to them at number seven. You can go ahead and chime in at 69187, keyword r Or if you ever have a question for any of our guests, you can chime in that way as well. And our next guest, good friend of mine, Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots on Twitter at MDebateNFL. And Mike, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. And I think what one thing, Raider Nation's getting tired of you, man. <laughs> Raider. <laughs> I was just, just, just going to say, Q, I can hear the collective groan every time that the Patriots subject's got to come up on these airways all the way over here in uh, Foxborough, Massachusetts. So uh, I get it, folks. I absolutely get it. I will do my best to keep you informed, but I am an understanding and sympathetic. There you go. Well, I'll tell you right now, Brandon Bolden, Adam Butler, DeAndre Carter, Philip Dorsett, Jermaine Illuminor, Jimmy Garoppolo, Justin Heron, Brian Hoyer, Jakob Johnson, Chandler Jones, Chris Lacey, uh, Jacoby Myers, Isaiah Zuber, Josh McDaniels, Mick Lombardi, Patrick Graham, Carmen Brasillo, Bo Hardegree, Jerry Skoplinski, Rob Ryan, Danny Amendola, all part of the Raiders now and all at one time 
We're part of New England. So, uh, yeah, Raider Nation's getting tired of New England West. But, look, I get it. You know, every single coaching staff, when they're hired, they bring in everyone that they, you know, are familiar with and comfortable with. And that's what Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler has done. And wanted to have you on to talk about a couple new additions, including Brian Hoyer. So, I'll start with him. He's 38 years old. He's obviously going to back up Jimmy G. He's just a backup quarterback. But what does he have left? I had a couple of buddies hit me up and say, I think his arm is dead, Q. I don't think he's got too much left. What did you see from Brian Hoyer in limited capacity a season ago? Well, I think a season ago is an unfair way to judge Brian Hoyer and what he's got. Look, he entered the 2022 season. He was one of the two reserve quarterbacks on the Patriots roster, along with Bailey Zappi. And people forget, because of that two-game Zappi mania situation that we had up here in New England, where uh, he spelled Mac Jones when he was out, uh, Brian Hoyer was supposed to get the start. He was supposed to be the guy while Mac was out and keep the seat warm until he was ready to come back. Brian, unfortunately, only completed five passes. This is week four against the Green Bay Packers. Patriots ended up losing that game, spent the remainder of the year on injured reserve after suffering a concussion. And reports out there that maybe Brian wasn't too happy with the way a lot of things were going with the Patriots offense. That might have ended up getting him released. And now, as a result, he's a member of the Las Vegas Raiders. But I look more to what he was able to do backing up uh, you know, Cam Newton and backing up uh, Mac Jones in the two previous seasons. Brian is not going to win you games, guys. He is not just at that level anymore, but he will keep you in them. And I don't believe that the arm is necessarily dead. I think there's still something left in the tank. What you're going to appreciate, Raiders fans, in Brian Hoyer is his ability to run the scout team and his ability to direct who's ever taking snaps under center. He really is a de facto quarterback's coach on the field, and that's something that I know Josh McDaniels valued and one of the big reasons why he's in Las Vegas right now. Yeah, Mike, and I'm glad you said that because that, to me, is one of the big uh, you know elements here in this whole process is that he could be a guy, and they don't have to really rely on Jimmy G to try to teach a, a scheme or an offense to a young quarterback that I'm assuming that they bring in uh, by way of the draft. They can have Brian Hoyer, who, again, is the backup, but he might not even be active on some game days, but he can also help teach this offense to a young quarterback. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways that's probably a good example. If you're looking scoring at home and you're looking at a lot of DMPs, coaches' decisions, or guys that are on the inactives list when they come out about an hour prior to the game, uh, I think you're going to see Brian on that list quite often. That's just my speculation. Unless he goes out and proves that he's got a lot more left in the tank than I believe he does, uh, that to me is where his value is. And, folks, it is worth a roster spot. Um, one of the things that the New England Patriots did so well when Brian Hoyer was the primary backup up here was have their quarterback ready for opposing defenses. And Brian is very good at being able to run scout teams and have defenses ready for the type of quarterback that they're going to face as well. This is also a big game for the Raiders' defense because one thing about Patriots uh, defensively is they always had a game plan and a scheme to contain prolific quarterbacks. And Brian has a unique ability to be able to mimic a lot of what you see in opposing quarterbacks and do it in a variety of ways. I think that's going to be a big selling point for him as well. So, Mike, what you're saying is that there's a method to the madness that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are displaying right now? <laughs> well, before I go out on a limb and make myself any more hated in Raider Nation by saying that, um, I am going to say that uh, uh, Brian has been a favorite of mine. He is a, uh, a candid guy. 
He is a very easy guy to talk to. Um, the media will like him in uh, Las Vegas. I can guarantee that. The media loved him up here in New England. But I think Raiders fans are going to see the value in what he brings to the table when you start to see the quarterback position and maybe even defending the quarterback position on, uh, on defense a little bit more prepared this year. That's going to be an influence that Brian Hoyer brings to the team. So, uh, yeah, there is a method to the madness. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it actually plays out, the jury's still out on that. I'm not ready to go out on that one just yet. Right, no doubt. I mean, that that's the proof's going to be in the pudding, and that's won't we won't know that for a very long time if it's good decisions or bad decisions, but it's the decisions that the front office, Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, Champ Kelly, they're all making right now. Again, Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots, joins us here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, another addition to the Raiders uh, that we found out about today was uh, former wide receiver Dan- Danny Amendola. He's not playing, but he's on the coaching staff, and he's an assistant as the returner's coach, and Mike, he was one of the really good ones to do it in the return game. How much do you think uh, Danny Amendola could bring to the, the Raiders as far as just an assistant coach helping with that special teams unit just in the return game? Yeah, I think he can bring a good amount. Look, Danny was always one of the smarter players in Bill Belichick's stable, and I know Josh loved coaching him when he was here, and one of the big reasons why. I guess he's taking him with him now to Las Vegas. Uh, Danny is one of those guys that can help to coordinate a lot of what you see on the field, not just in the perimeter, but also in the slot. He's played both of those positions. He knows them well. And in order to help direct pass catchers, I think this is a good move and a good fit, especially when you have, you know, potentially someone new like uh, Jacoby Myers coming in, trying to, you know, get assimilated with Devontae and get on the same page as a lot of the pass catchers and even, you know, Josh Jacobs at the running back position. He's going to be able to help these guys know where they need to be on the field. And I don't want to call him a McDaniels whisperer, but he does speak the same language. He is very much well-versed in Josh McDaniels' offensive schemes, and I think that's going to help to translate what you see on the field. Danny's a little bit more hands-on because he's played the game at this level. He's done it at a high level. So I think in a lot of ways that's going to help a lot of the guys on the Raiders roster currently, whether they're former Patriots or not, kind of translate into what Josh is saying. Sometimes it can be a little confusing. We've seen players, we've seen uh, a lot of people up here in New England have difficulty with the Josh McDaniels offense. Having someone like Danny helps people to understand a little bit more what he's trying to get at. Did you ever look at Danny and think that, you know what, this is going to be a guy who's going to be a potential coach at some point? You know, sometimes you could just see it in a player that, oh, yeah, that's going to be a coach whenever he decides he wants to be. Did you ever see that in Danny and Amendola? A little bit, yeah, especially when observing practices and training camps, I think really gave a little bit more of a look and insight into what Danny knew he eventually maybe wanted to do or what he was good at. Uh, He was one of those guys that was always over in Josh McDaniel's ear, talking things over. You could see them going through strategy. Uh, Those types of little tidbits, those under-the-radar type of things really do land. And uh, it's not something I would have predicted right this you know, moment. Uh, I was a little surprised when I saw it this morning, but once you do and you take a look and you think about the, the evolution that you've seen of Danny, and Danny Amendola, the player, and getting to where he needs to be, it does make some sense. So, yeah, I think that this is a good move uh, for Josh. And, uh, again, I think it's going to help the offense in, in a number of ways. Again, we're talking with my good friend Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots. You can find him on Twitter at MDebateNFL here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, another a report came out earlier today, and, I mean, it's Lions season, so you only believe half of what you read and nothing that you, you feel like you know, and that was that Mac Jones was being shot by the, the Patriots, and, of course, the Texans came up with their Patriot ties, the Raiders came up with their Patriot ties, and a couple other teams. Uh, any, any, any truth to the, to the reports out there that Mac Jones is, is 
is possibly being uh, shipped right now or shopped? Well, I mean, that's really the million-dollar question right now. I mean, there are sources that are saying, well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of tension between Bill Belichick and Mac Jones right now. Some sources are downplaying that. Other sources are saying that uh, the fact that he's being shopped around is really news to them. I, I've uh, you know heard that in certain circles as well and saying that that's news to me. We didn't know he was on the trading block. Uh, specifically, the Raiders did come up as a uh, destination, and from what I'm told, that never really materialized or may not have even been in the conversation. And I'm not refuting or I'm not coming at any reports specifically or right. I'm not trying to either affirm or deny whatever is out there. I'm sure whatever's been reported has been reported because the source you know, trusted where the report came from and trusted that you know, they were properly sourced in order to be able to report on it. But uh, there's still a lot of conflicting information out there regarding that. My gut reaction and gutting you know, what I was able to glean from the team and my sources today say that I think it's a very long shot that they trade Mac Jones. But anything and everything is possible in Foxborough. Nothing would shock <laughs> me at this point. But I just don't think it's likely. Right, I hear you. I'm I'm with you right there. And as far as the Raiders go, I mean, they brought in Jimmy G. They have Brian Hoyer. I don't I don't see where Mac Jones would be a guy of their interest at this point. Maybe a little bit earlier in the offseason, but at this point, I don't see it. Well, Mike, we'll close out with this. I know the draft is coming up at the end of April. Uh, it's an exciting time for every fan base. As far as the Patriots go, what do you feel like they're really looking at? What do you think their their number one target would be in this upcoming draft? Uh, it's not the sexy pick, but it's got teeth, and that's the offensive line. The New England Patriots really haven't done a whole lot offensively in terms of free agency to bring in the help that I think they need on the O-line to protect whoever is taking snaps under center. This is a top-heavy class with a lot of uh, potential talent that may go off the board early. I don't think it's a particularly deep class, although I think there are a few mid-round gems that can be had at that level as well. But the Patriots need some help up front. Uh, and uh, with the departure of Isaiah Wynn on the right uh, tackle side, uh, that to me would be where they concentrate their efforts. But the argument can be made that they're in need of safety help. They're in need of cornerback help, especially at the perimeter and there's always the ever-popular pass catcher on the wide receiver front. So those are all the positions I'm looking at. But right now, if I'm being honest, offensive tackle is their biggest need. Well, you mentioned wide receivers, so you opened up that Pandora's box for me. DeAndre Hopkins, any uh, interest in the Patriots side for uh, bringing in D-Hop? Well, yesterday the reports came out that if D-Hop is indeed released by the Arizona Cardinals, which a couple of weeks ago seemed unfathomable, but apparently uh, the asking price and some of the uh, the return on investment is not what a lot of his potential suitors were looking for. So if indeed that happens, the Patriots do have a particular set of circumstances under which they might be ready to dip their toe into that. Um, there would have to be a little bit of a pay cut, and from what I'm told, there would have to be no compensation uh, you know, brought back in return in terms of draft picks. I think that's where the Patriots are not looking to go that level for a second or even a third rounder uh, that apparently Arizona had wanted. So if those two demands come down, yeah, I think the Patriots are still in this. But again, much like the Mac Jones trade rumors, I would say it's unlikely. I think it's more unlikely that Jones gets traded than that D-Hop ends up in a Patriots uniform. But I still think both of those are more than likely not happening as opposed to happening. Well, there you go. I, I got to go to the source. Whenever there's Patriot news and around here, around these parts, is <laughs> always some Patriot news or some Patriot ties going on with the Raiders. So, Mike, fantastic stuff. What do you got coming out on the podcast? What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? 
Uh, well, there will be uh, Mac Jones talk. If anybody is looking to keep your friends close and your enemies closer in Raiders Nation, we'll be talking about that. And I'll be giving my farewell to Brian Hoyer on uh, the episode that's going to drop tonight into tomorrow morning. But uh, also all throughout the week, continued draft coverage on Lockdown Patriots. Uh, looking forward to it. Got a couple of exciting guests lined up, so uh, we're definitely looking forward to that. There you go. Well, keep up the great work, my man. It's always great to catch up with you for a few minutes, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we will be, Q. Always an honor. And thanks to all of your great listeners who are very kind and very gracious to me. It really does mean a lot. I know it's not easy hearing all the Patriots news, folks, but thank you for allowing me to at least give you some insight on what's going on over there in Foxborough West. There it is. Appreciate you, Mike. Great stuff as always. There's my guy. Thanks, my friend. Take it easy, buddy. Yes, sir. Mike DeBate, Locked On Patriots at NFL, and that's M-D-A-B-A-T-E. NFL. Uh, great job. Always covering the Patriots like a glove and never hesitates to jump on the show and break down uh, a couple players, a couple coaches, whatever the case may be. Always appreciate his efforts. 347 is the time. The question I threw out there to you, do you want the Raiders to trade up to the number three spot with the Cardinals? Maybe to go get Anthony Richardson? Most likely to get Anthony Richardson. Or stay right where they're at and let a really good player fall to him at number seven. That's the question. 702-365-9200 and 69187. Keyword R&R, the don'tbebroke.com text line. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. I don't know why. Just want to groove a little bit. 351 is the time. Many thanks to our guy, Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots, broke down a little Brian Hoyer action and also Danny Amendola. He's been added to the coaching staff and Again, these aren't any kind of signings that are earth-shattering or anything that's going to be a massive deal. I know a lot of fans don't like to see all the Patriot signings, but I'm telling you right now, this is, this is not exclusive to the Raiders. If, the, if this staff it came from the Atlanta Falcons, guess what? You'd see a lot of Atlanta Falcon influence. It's just that simple, Lindsay. It's just that simple. Nepotism in the NFL? Haven't heard of it. <laughs> it's just... Haven't heard of it. You know, and it, it's funny because... I mean, that's basically when you boil it down to it. I mean, that's that's what you call it. But that's what we do in everyday life. Yeah, I mean, networking. It's, 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 that's exactly what the name of the game is. I tell everyone that will listen, and I said it to DeMond. I said it to anyone when we were at the Super Bowl. All these people get out there and network with. That's your mm-hmm. opportunity in life. And you know how this game works. I yep. mean, that's what it is. It's all about networking. I tell anyone who will listen, I've only applied for a job in radio once and actually got it. Right? Only once. It didn't happen to be be this one. Right? It's the only one I ever applied for. Every other job in radio I got because I knew somebody. It's just that simple. That's how the game works. And I'm not saying radio is is NFL, but that's how a lot of life works. Right. And it's not just about, like, are you going to be here two hours ahead of game time? It's not just the it's not just the adults of it. It's going back to the things you were mentioning in the last couple segments about simplification in the system and, and getting the work done. Right. The main thing that we took away from that NFL PA survey that they put out and the lowest grade that the Raiders got was on the coaching staff because people were complaining or were not prepared for the time spent at the facility. Now, when you bring people in that maybe know a few more X's and O's and the cadence and are able to explain it, maybe you spend less time. But also, maybe this is just these guys know what McDaniels wants, what it takes to find the success. And I'm not going to lie. There's not a lot of people in this locker room that know – 
what the way is right. and what level of sacrifice that takes. That's not just getting there early. It's not just staying late. It's this is what you prioritize. This is everything. Right. And not everybody can cut that. No, no, they can't. And so a lot of times you'll see, and again, everyday walk of life, you'll see people go out there and get people they're comfortable with that know what they expect, right? That know that, hey, this guy, this is how he this is how he's going to coach. This is what he's going to expect from his players. Can I do that? Yep. I've been there, done that, so I can do that. No problem. So that's that's just kind of what it is. Again, I know it's not going to make anyone thrilled because they're coming from the Patriots, but I don't look at the team. I just realize that they're trying to put together a roster. And you know what? I hope that they figure it out. I hope that they put together a hell of a roster. I'll tell you one thing. The dra- players that they drafted at the end of the April, guess what? They ain't coming from the Patriots, right? <laughs> they're not coming from the Patriots. They're coming from college. So hopefully they're – there's a lot of those guys that are longtime Raiders. Instead of going through the draft that we can go through year after year after year and say, well, how many are left from that draft class? How many are left from that draft class? There's a lot of Raiders in the league that are spread all out that aren't in the locker room here because they didn't pan out. And a lot of them end up being glorified backups. There's a couple here and there that have turned into something, but for the most part, not so much. They missed on a lot of guys. So really, don't worry about the players they're bringing in in free agency that may have Patriot ties. Worry about the guys that they're going to be bringing in the end of April because, Lindsay, that's how you build your roster. Absolutely, absolutely. And you got to get a good mix between the two because you have to have those those outside insights mm-hmm. to help keep you fresh, to help keep So what did you learn from this coach? How did he teach it to you? How did he, how did he go at it from which angle? And that's what makes everybody better. Right. But the, but the buy-in, the culture that has been the main talking point since I moved here in the last few years and, and, and cha- making the Raider way, making the silver and black something to be proud of as a as a fan and proud of to play for as a player. Because we've heard things coming in out of that locker room about people mm-hmm. not being bought in all the way or not knowing what it takes or they're going through the motions during the week. But then when it comes down to staying locked in in, the, in those necessary moments, they don't have it. Right. And all you can do is assemble a team that you think is going to give you the best chance to all do this in unison at the same time every single week. There's no doubt about it. Mike hit me up on Twitter, and Mike is not one who's a fan of this staff. Uh, never have been, right, from from the jump. And that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like I said, uh, if you have an opinion, that's cool. Your opinion doesn't have to match mine. Your opinion doesn't have to match anyone else's. I definitely appreciate the feedback. But Mike said, Q, I feel like the Patriots West boys are start, are straight flashing me the, the bird at this point. <laughs> hey, Mike! Hey, Mike! Just, how about this? <laughs> just get used to it. Just get used to it. It's fine. Oh, they're, they're, everybody just starts out with an idea that they they think is going to lead to success, and sometimes it works out, and they have been able to figure it out out there. Right, they have, and I'm hoping, you know, more than anything, I'm hoping that they do figure it out. I'm hoping that when September, October, November comes, we're talking about a team that's winning. That's mm-hmm. all I really care about. Like I said, I, I've said it before. I don't care where the players come from. I really don't. I don't care where the coaches come from. I don't care where the front office comes from. I just want them to figure it out and get this team where they need to be. Get them back to what Raider Nation is proud of, a, a team that has the commitment to excellence, that can say just win, baby, with their chest pumped out, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that is what the fan base ultimately wants. At the end of the day, if that ultimately happens, you ain't going to care where they came from. Right. You're just going to be happy that you're in Allegiant Stadium and you're pumping your chest out, and if there's a fan of another team, you're able to bark at them and say, hey, yeah. <laughs> Dub, Dub, you got a nail. We're just mad because it's taking more hard time. Right. And that's the, that's that's the, the hard that's truth. That's the hardest part of it, yes. Because we, we've heard Raider Nation talk to us again and again and again about how, how many years has it been since we've had a good defense, since we've had a good linebacking core, since we did mm-hmm. this, since we did that. We are so overdue. That, <laughs> it, it, that is so valid. Right. 
But this is this is the price that's necessary to pay. And that doesn't mean it's an easy bake oven in one year. And that doesn't mean that Jimmy's the answer. But what in terms of this team needs and building that culture, whether it's include Ziegler and McDaniels down the road or not. Right, right. They have to get on the same page and you have to get everybody to the same commitment level. There's no doubt. Gizmo hit us up on the WBroke.com text line. We'll take this and then we'll take a quick break. Gizmo said, no more reaching when we draft. Q, I say we stay at seven for immediate defensive impact player. After all, McDaniels, in my opinion, is drafting a later round project quarterback and develop him to the system. Hooker, McKee, Hayner, DTR, one of those competent dudes will be available outside of the top 109 picks, and I'm all about that value life. Dollar stakes all day. <laughs> oh, DeMond's getting tons of play names. Doesn't even know about it. I wonder if DeMond, as he's vacationing to Memphis and also Miami, if he's even oh. thinking about a dollar stake. Like, you can't go to Miami or Memphis and, and like if Memphis he might get booed. Like if I if I tell his family members in Memphis that he went and bought a dollar steak, they might boo him out the Yeah. Out, out uh, the area. Vacation might be cut short. He, he might be on be. a plane back right here, <laughs> real quick. Oh John, we can uh, fit you in on the show. Q, can I cancel the rest of my vacation? <laughs> Memphis kicked me out. They booted me out because of the dollar steaks. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that. And and look, that's a good that's honestly, they could pass on a quarterback at, at you know, even number seven. If Say Anthony Richardson drops him at seven. They could pass on a quarterback and get that defensive stud again. Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, uh, Tyree Wilson, all have opportunities to be there at number seven. Hell, Jalen Carter might be there at number seven. There's a lot of different defensive players that could be there at seven, and if that's the alpha dog that they want, go get the alpha dog. I'm fine with that. But we're going to definitely throw it out there because there is a lot of speculation. And, of course, you know, speculation is what it is when it's this time of year and conversation about potentially the Raiders trading up to number three. So I throw the question out there, and then we'll take a break. Do you want the Raiders to trade up to the number three spot with the Cardinals, potentially get that quarterback of the future, or stay, stay right where they're at and let a really good player, potentially on the defensive side of things, fall to them at seven? 3.59 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come right back. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.